Halls of Zendaria. Chapter 9. The Ranger's Council. That was our appointment, Balthar grinned and turned back through the door of the dank tavern. The rest of the group followed into the night to find the red-haired woman smoking a small cigarillo and pacing back and forth. Phelan! The dwarf approached her with open arms. You've not changed a bit! You're late, Balthar. She stood still, arms folded and glared at the smiling face opposite. Eventually, she relented, broke into a wide grin and hugged Balthar. After their embrace, they set about a complex series of movements that eventually culminated in a handshake. How in Hellspeth are you? Better than you, as always, the dwarf winked. And how is my favourite mercenary? Favourite? Well, I am honoured. Phelan eyed up Salanth, April and Willow suspiciously. I'm curious who your company of misfits here might be. Balthar's eyes shifted. We, uh, we'd best go somewhere a bit more private, he suggested. Hmm. Phelan threw the remains of her cigarillo to the floor and ground it in with her boot. My place, I suppose. Follow me. She strode down the alleyway at a brisk pace with the group in tow, struggling to keep up without breaking into a gentle run. After winding left and right, ducking through doorways and sliding past drunkards, they arrived at a set of sketchy iron stairs. Phelan climbed to the top and crouched down, fiddling with something at the bottom of her front door. Not a bit, Balthar muttered to himself with a smirk. All right, come on up. Phelan unlocked her door and entered the apartment as the rest of the group clambered up the rickety stairs. Standing in the living area, April realised that she had never been in a room this small that wasn't a privy. There was a small kitchenette behind her, a mattress in the corner, and a bathroom the size of a closet near the entrance. Phelan had sat on her couch, which faced the one large window overlooking the street, and Willow had plunked herself on the other couch cushion. Phelan's eyes narrowed. Oi, this couch is for people. Willow let out a gentle bark in response. That means you have to get down. Once more, Willow barked. Raising an eyebrow, Phelan said, Seriously, dog, I've taken down bigger mutts than you. Willow lifted her two front paws in the air and brought them down on Phelan's shoulders before proceeding to frantically lick her face, nose and ears. Oh, okay, okay, okay. She wiped her face with her hand. You can stay. Willow smiled and panted, settling back into her half of the couch. Balthar was opening the kitchen cupboards, scavenging for food, and Salanth stood by the window watching the goings-on below. So you asked about my friends here. Balthar found a leg of parabeak in a cold cupboard and began munching on it. Honestly, I'm surprised you couldn't guess. He turned to face Phelan's direction and closed the cupboards. It's not that I couldn't guess, it's that I really, really want my guess to be wrong. Because if you've brought the Princess of Zendaria to the capital city, you're far stupider than I remembered. Not only that, but dragging a keeper of the peace with you, no less. Salanth swivelled where he stood. You'll recognise me as a ranger, he asked. Duh. You're shifty, shady, and all too confident. You wear all black, but you're happy to stand in the spotlight rather than the shadows. Plus, you smell funny. Phelan reasoned. Salanth leant his head into his shoulder and sniffed, unsure what she was on about. Um, April stepped forward sheepishly from behind the couch. And me? How did you know I'm the princess? That was a bit more obvious. Phelan smirked and produced a poster from her trouser pocket. Your face is plastered all over the country at this point. Not a bad likeness, neither. She licked her thumb, squinted, and pointed it in April's direction. Though I'd have added a touch more pomp and ponce to it. 
April frowned, but wisely chose not to say anything. Did you manage to get the, uh, items? Balthar asked, flinging the parabeak bone into the nearby bin. Phelan opened a bottle of ale from the coffee table in front of her with her finger and thumb, took a swig and set the bottle down. You know the rules. Cash. She gestured at the table. Balthar reached into the inner pocket of his leather jacket and produced a wad of notes. He licked his thumb and quickly counted through an indeterminate amount before laying it on the table, pocketing the rest. Phelan picked up the cash and leafed through the notes, checking for watermarks, the quality of the paper, and other telltale indiscrepancies which signify counterfeit currency. Appearing to have determined the cash was acceptable, Phelan reached into her back pocket and pulled out two thick sheets of paper which she unfolded and laid flat on the coffee table next to her ale. Only two documents? Balthar asked. Are you starting to slip? They're the only two you'll need, said Phelan, sitting back. Salanth paced over to the coffee table and examined the contents of the battered papers. April's eyes lit up as she recognized something. The royal seal, she exclaimed. My father must have sent these. Good gods, Salanth muttered. What is it? April asked. The first, as requested, is a list of royal guard outposts and their numbers. Presumably so you can avoid them, Phelan answered. The second... Is an order from King Quosteed placing swathes of the Zendarian army at key locations at the borders, Salanth swallowed. He appears ready for war. Where does he mean to attack? Zendaria has peace treaties with every neighbouring kingdom at this point, Balthar raised an eye. Everywhere, Salanth said pointedly. Helspeth? Balthar asked. Everywhere, Salanth repeated. Helspeth, Takaria, Grendon, Findar... There's even a platoon sailing to Little Rock. April recalled seeing Little Rock on maps of the continent. It was a small, barely inhabited island far south of Grendon. She had never been there, as not only was it very far away, but Zendaria happened to be a landlocked country with no formal navy. Their only option must have been to lead an expedition down the Hybel River and through Grendon, which would never be acceptable during peacetime. This would lend credence to the notion of the king looking to expand his territories. He apparently believes himself to have enough power to dominate the world. Phelan took another swig of her ale. Which doesn't make a lick of sense to me. His forces are at best half-matched with the other kingdoms. She stated plainly. Surely he's going to get his ass kicked. There's something you don't know, Balthar interjected. Balthar, can she be trusted? Salanth asked with a severe look in his eye. I trust her with my life. I have, in fact, many times, Balthar replied. Besides, she likely has family in Findar and deserves to know what they'll be staring down. You're an elf, April asked. Half. Phelan firmly placed her empty ale bottle on the table. Half elf, half human. Is that why you're a she? April asked sheepishly. It was easier. The barbarians around here don't seem to understand people of a different race, let alone people without gender. My mother and I agreed it would be safer. Phelan again leaned back into the couch. So your elven half was your... April realised she didn't know the gender-neutral words for father or mother. Senend. Phelan had spotted April's unintentional ignorance. They left when I was a teenager. Back to Findar. Senend, April repeated. She liked the feel of the word. It was sturdy and resolute. Hmm... Then I suppose you should be informed, Salanth relented. We believe King Quosteed to have discovered a dark ancient magic which he is now using to further his territory. 
I faced the danger down myself, and it is no joke. Phelan sat still, considering this for a moment. He always did seem like a pompous prick. Of course he'd do something like this. She gritted her teeth. No, April shouted. He's not like that. He's he's not always been like that. There's evidence to the contrary, I'm afraid. Sorry, your highness, but your dad is a royal ass. Phelan pointed out. April closed her eyes, took a breath, and silently wished for days past. Life was so much simpler even just a few weeks ago. Suddenly she could feel Bolthar's stocky hand rest comfortably on her shoulder. Don't worry, April. We'll get to the bottom of all this. And we'll find out what in God's names your dad was thinking, he said, smiling reassuringly. We will, Salanth agreed. Though first it would appear we have a war to prevent, or several as the case may be. We must take this to the Ranger's Council at once. Is there an embassy in Zendar? Bolthar asked. Indeed, though it's on the other side of the city, Salanth replied. April felt weary and emotionally drained. The thought of trekking across the city at night brought no small amount of despair to her aching bones. Bolthar looked at the princess and said, Well, I'm bloody knackered. Is there a way of getting there that doesn't involve dodging drunks and wading through dung? Get a carriage. Cheap and efficient with the right jockey. Phelan chimed in. There are no gold steeds, I'm afraid. Only tin steeds around this corner of town. April's heart lifted and she instantly felt lighter. Aye, that'll do, said Bolthar. Know anyone decent? Just a sec. Phelan stood up, approached her window and tapped a wire protruding from it several times. April watched a spark of light fly down the cable and disappear off into the city. Phelan stood watching the wire until just a few moments later several different coloured sparks arrived and exploded into the air, spelling out the words, Five minutes. There, she confirmed. Five minutes and the carriage will be here. She turned to face Bolthar. Get this sorted. I've not spoken to my sen since they left, and I'd rather not have to rekindle that relationship for some stupid war. Salanth stepped forwards. Your assistance has been much appreciated. I assure you this matter will be resolved swiftly and without mercy. The severity of the ranger's words cut through April, though she couldn't argue the necessity. With that, the five of them headed outside to wait for the carriage. Sure enough, after five minutes exactly, an elf drawing a carriage with two tin steeds arrived and beckoned them into the passenger cabin. See you, Balthar. Phelan saluted mockingly. Don't cock it up. And give you more ammunition to hold over my head. I don't think so, he winked and climbed into the carriage. Where to? the elven jockey asked through the front-facing window of the carriage. The Ranger's Council Embassy, Salanth instructed. Aye, aye. The elf raised their eyebrows and turned forward, clicking their heels on the jockey's podium, initiating the tinsteeds into action. As the carriage rattled along the streets of Zendar, April's eyes drooped. She drowsily leaned against Bolthar's bulky shoulder, with Willow curled up on the other side of her head in April's lap. Bright lights rolled by in the darkness, as did crowds of people lining the streets. Ordinarily, April would be terribly curious about the various taverns, eateries, clubs and shops they were passing, but she was simply too exhausted. Suddenly, the carriage rolled to a stop and her head lulled forward. All right, that'll do it. Entrance is just down the left there. The jockey pointed down an alleyway. Whose Zyvex account am I charging this to? Phelan Syroot, the lady who placed the call, Bolthar said with a smirk. Did she offer? Salanth inquired. Nope, but I do so enjoy seeing her when she's fuming, the dwarf grinned. The jockey shrugged, as long as someone was paying. 
All right, princess, up you get. Balthar opened the door of the carriage and Willow practically fell out, followed by April, then Balthar and Salanth. The jockey handed them their belongings, which had been strapped to the roof, clicked his heels on the podium once more and disappeared along the busy road to find more punters. Follow me. It's been a while, but I do recall the ranger's entrance to the embassy. Salanth led the way down the alley, walked straight past the main entrance to the embassy and stopped at the opposite corner of the building. The others stood back as he felt at the bricks on the corner, guiding his hand up and down them until one appeared to resonate. He quickly tore the brick apart in his hand using aeromancy, and it crumbled to dust on the floor. A hefty clunk of stone echoed from within, and slowly the bricks began to unfold, opening a small doorway in the corner of the building. Hmm. Salanth appeared pleased with himself, and stepped forward through the doorway. Balthar shrugged his shoulders and followed, along with April and Willow. After a few seconds' walk, another much smaller click was heard, and Salanth quickly somersaulted sideways and backwards, twisting in midair. April's eyes opened wide as the ranger clung to the wall next to her, his fist gripping an enormous steel-tipped bolt mere inches from her forehead. He let the bolt clatter to the ground and gingerly placed his feet back on the floor. I, uh, forgot about that. He cleared his throat, eyes wide, daring not to look anyone in the eye, and resumed marching forwards. Balthar rolled his eyes and patted April on the back before following. Willow licked April's hand, which shook her from her state of shock, and she also followed, this time crouching as she went through the rest of the passageway. Eventually, the narrow tunnel opened up into a large hall with dark walls, a white and black checkerboard floor, and a green hue to the lighting. In the centre of the room, an ornate marble staircase arched upwards and split in two, veering off to different sides of the embassy. A caretaker stood in the corner, broom in hand. I don't know you. Which one are you? The gruff voice rang across the room. Salanth, the ranger replied in surprise. Hmm, suppose there's a new brick needs laying, the caretaker asked. Uh, yes, answered Salanth. Bloody rangers. You'd think they'd come up with a better way of doing things. Signature bricks, my foot. Just want to see a working man clean up after him. that's all they want. The man continued grumbling to himself and absent-mindedly sweeping. Sensing the conversation was over, Salanth led the group upstairs and to the right. The interior of the building was circular, and the dark brick corridors were eerily silent save for their footsteps. The group ambled up the stairs, ragged and tired, aside from Salanth, who was perfectly poised as usual, and they entered a large circular room. In the centre was a dark wooden desk. Various instruments, pictures and wardrobes lined the walls, and stood next to one of them was a small grey-haired man who appeared to be tinkering with something. Damn thing. Never gyrates when you need it to. He turned around holding a circular object with many static circles inside, all of different coloured metals. A gem rested in the very centre, looking faded and dim. Ah, guests! He slid the object into his pocket and tugged at the lapels of his purple velvet jacket. Welcome! He squinted at the group and approached a moment of realisation. He turned away from it, before remembering to put his glasses on. Salanth! Good gods, is that you? The old man smiled, stroking his short grey beard. Salanth bowed deeply. Elder Samson! Balthar and April followed Salanth in the bow, not wishing to be rude. Willow simply stared at the old man and panted. Now, now, none of these formalities, child. He hobbled over to Salanth and grabbed his shoulders. How have you been? I thought you were over in Takaria or some such. Not for some time, Elder. 
I was appointed to investigate King Quosteed, and I'm afraid I've come across some rather unsavory evidence, Salanth raised an eyebrow. I'm surprised you were unaware. Oh, I knew there was an investigation. The Blight is always up to something. But I had no idea you were leading it. Ah, it's wonderful. I remember when you were but a cub, baring your teeth at all who passed through the halls of the council hub. Samson appeared lost in nostalgia. Remember that Tregerin boy? he chuckled. Oh, you two would get into some scraps. Salanth cleared his throat. Yes, training was eventful. Now then, uh, this evidence, he quickly changed the subject. There are some things you must see. A good while of explaining later, with Elder Samson examining the documents Phelan gained, the group crowded around his desk. So it is to be war, the Elder said with finality. It would appear so, Salanth replied. We must drag Quosteed in for a preliminary hearing at once. He set the papers back down on his desk and looked up at April. Though this one must be kept in the shadows. Gods only knows what the king might do if he knew his daughter were here. April wasn't overly surprised the elder knew who she was. He must have been one of the most powerful men in the continent, and when you get to that level, it's your job to know things. Do you not think it's a little soon, elder? Salanth asked. There's much more evidence we can gather before it is absolutely necessary to let the king know about the investigation. Nonsense! Whatever he's hiding, we shall get to the bottom of it sooner rather than later. Salanth nodded in deference to his superior. And you, Balthar of Landreth? Balthar stood to a sort of attention, unsure of himself. Uh, yes, sir, he saluted. You're to remain with Princess April. You are public enemy number one right now, and given your military background, I'm sure no quarter would be allowed to you in battle. The elder once more rested his eyes on Salanth. Do you remember where the sleeping quarters are, Sir Lance? Yes, Elder, he answered. Jolly good. Take your companions here and get some rest. You look like you've been dragged through Hellspeth and back. No offence intended, Balthar of Landreth. The Elder nodded at the dwarf. None taken, sir. It's not a hospitable place for most folk, Balthar replied with a hint of pride in his voice. The group bowed once more to Elder Sampson and made their way back down the stairs. Salanth led them into a room to the left of where they entered. It was filled with bunks, wash basins, and garments in varying shades of black. Green-black, blue-black, yellow-black, it would seem the rarest of them all was actually the black-black colour adorning Salanth's trim figure. We shall rest here tonight. It is likely the preliminary hearing will be tomorrow, so I would advise sleeping as soundly as possible. The ranger placed his bag on a lower bunk and settled in. "'No problems here,' April replied, exhausted and practically falling over. She didn't even have time to wash her face before she was asleep. Willow gave her a few licks in the name of good hygiene and curled up at her feet. After a thorough sponge bath, Balthar had picked a bed in the corner and rested his aching muscles on the top bunk, back leaning up against the wall so he was in a half-sitting position. The four of them slept a deep, unwavering sleep, until April was awoken the next morning to the sight of Salanth hovering over her and a pair of rangers behind him. April, the king has arrived. He knows you're here.